0: The Stanks might be through to the second round of the FA Cup thanks to a 1-0 win at Barrow. But in league action, a defeat to Bradford City thanks to an old hand means two successive losses at what was once an unbreakable home. didn't think we were out of the blocks first half a little bit of a hangover for the efforts on Saturday and everything and the travelling. We
1: tried to freshen it up with a few fresh pairs of legs, uh, but I thought Bradford were, were sharper than us and better than us in the first half. We never really got going on the ball. Uh, we played the formation that we've played here. that has been successful quite a bit with a diamond, but that requires certain things. People running beyond, people being good on the ball. I've never seen us give the ball away as much in the first half and also just kick it out of play needlessly.
0: I have so many questions, so many. We could be here until gone midnight. Don't worry, We'll be done in time to watch Matt Hancock eat kangaroo balls in the jungle though. Uh, Those questions include do our players know the definition of the word shoot? Why is it blatantly obvious to everyone that we lack depth in certain areas yet in three transfer windows now it's never been addressed? What's this obsession with square pegs in round holes again especially when there's young players itching to start? Well, I say young, he's 23, so prime age to be playing week in, week out. What on earth has Jason Law done? Oh, and probably the most controversial of them all. Are we actually an average side who's been riding the crest of a wave and are now being caught out and dragged back to shore, being exposed to what we actually are? Let us know your thoughts in the live feed and have your say on your team. On the show, for the fans, by the fans, this is the Maximal Matters podcast. Or, probably this week, the Mansfield Matters Radcast. Here we go then. I think I've got two other questions that I want to add to that intro that you heard there. Number one, why on earth does my microphone sound like it was underwater? Not a clue what was going off there. Need to get some more investment into this show. And number two... Will my electricity last for the hour's show that we're about to do? So I'm going to let you in behind the curtain a little bit before we introduce tonight's guests. Exactly this time last night, myself and the two guests who are going to join me this evening were sat having our little pre-podcast chat talking about what we're going to talk about in the show and just sort of generally catching up with each other when all of a sudden darkness hit around me. I was just about to press go live and darkness hit around me. I thought, that's strange. What's gone off there? And it turns out that in the Mansfield Matters HQ, well, power had tripped. And let's just say three hours later, an electrician came out on call and somehow managed to fix it. And we're still none the wiser as to what actually tripped it in the first place. Maybe I've got a sneaking suspicion. It might have been Nick and Alan who joined us tonight. It may well have been their pre-match or pre-podcast chat, which they were talking about, because... They were talking about that horrible, boring paint-drying sport, cricket. And I, I, I think my electricity just thought, do you know what, Craig? I'm going to do you a favor. Great. To just to put you rest, I've got a backup generator ready to go. So fingers crossed we should be all right for the next 90 minutes or so. 90 minutes? <laughs> i like wow. you seeing, just making sure you're listening. <laughs> oh, sure you're I'm listening. listening. There
1: you go. Especially so when you're to calling you. the cricket. Me and, me and Nick <laughs> like cricket. And they're doing yeah, really well. And a local lad has done good again. And it's something to, uh, you know, congratulate him on.
0: I just need to pull this plug out again. Uh, right. <laughs> Anyway, let's move it back to football. Alan, it's great to see you, as always, the only regular member of the Mansfield Matters podcast panel this week that seemingly can be bothered. Um, Of course, Nathan's flown over to Spain um, to to do whatever he's doing over there. Cam's watching Hollyoaks, and I think Clive's got a prior engagement tonight, so they can't can't join us um, to talk all things Mansfield Town. So we've drafted... Um, who we think is arguably the best substitute this season that we're ever going to find. Nick of Mansfield Town shirts, fame, back for, I think, what's this? Is this a hat-trick ball or is this number four now? Number four? Number four. Yeah. Oh. You, you've done what
2: Cluffy's not managed to do and that's make a substitute. Well, there you go. <laughs> has an effect. So I mean,
0: I'm going to be honest, the January transfer window is just around the corner and I, I was doing some tallying up earlier and I actually genuinely think that you may well have been on the podcast the same number of time that Cam's been on this series now. So, and actually managed to stay on for, you know, all the way through the podcast. So, I think, you know, we might have to do some negotiating in the, uh, in the transfer window. <laughs> so, there we go. Right, let's address the elephant in the room. And I think it's that that's over your shoulder, Nick. It's the Andy Cook shirt. Obviously, you're famed for your Mansfield Town shirt collection. Talk us through why on earth you've decided to... Throw petrol on the fire by having the cook shirt in the background.
2: I thought there was no more appropriate one for this week than uh, than Mr. Cook himself. Um, yeah, he, 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 I knew it was going to happen. I think I put something on Instagram. I think I put, you know, I wonder if we're going to keep him quiet. I just knew we wouldn't, and we didn't, did we? So that was uh, that was the end of that. Um, he just seems a lot fitter and uh, nimbler than when he played for us, but that's often the case, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think it's the time of season as well, isn't it? We've seen it with with Cook before. He has a really good start and then he he dwindles off. But it's that old club factor, the ex-club factor and all of that sort of stuff. He is on fire at the moment. He's enjoying the best spell of his career. And it was inevitable that he was going to score. I just think that James Perch will be probably waking up crying at some point. Outpaced, outmuscled by Andy Cook. Not Perch's finest moment in a Mansfield shirt, it has to be said.
1: No, but up until then, I think our uh, bottle had done well to keep him relatively quiet. Mm. But, you know, it just it, it was that one moment, weren't it? One moment of madness where he turned him inside out and it was a good shot. I didn't actually see the ball actually, you know, whether it went under uh, Christy Pym's legs or, you know, how he couldn't get it, whether it was too powerful, I wasn't sure because I was just sorting some stuff out in the box. But uh, I saw him, you know, muscle perch off the ball and it was just uh, one of those things I'm afraid but like I say up until then I think Arbottle had kept in reasonably quiet
0: Yeah I mean a lot of people Nick were talking about the formation and things uh, at half time and after the game and actually I felt that with the restrictions we had with McLaughlin not being available and, and things like that going to the back four was a sensible thing to do it just went seemed to go wrong after the back four the back four itself was a stable choice but it was the, the rest of them in front, which didn't sort of make sense again.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't mind the back four. I mean, one, one thing I thought that, that we would have done is kept, and, and I have been a critic of Hawkins at centre-back, but I thought with the physical physicality of Cook and the height of Cook that we might have gone with Hawkins in that back four, but he didn't. Uh, but it seemed to be from there that they were we were just too narrow against a wide team and they exposed us exactly the same last season. I remember we tried to play Clark on the right hand side to cover Hewitt. And if you remember their wing, I think Mm. it was Vernon on the left hand side. Um, They just were what they play very wide and we play very narrow. And we just, they seemed to exploit us, but we couldn't use that advantage in the middle. And just seemed to be too many central midfielders playing who all wanted to occupy the same sort of 15 square yards of turf uh, and ignored the rest of it. And that kind of, I think, was
0: our downfall. I think. I don't know whether Nigel Clough will, will sort of. Play the injury card, Alan. Because I'm in agreement with with Nick that you know Hawkins probably should have started at centre half to to compete with with Andy Cook. But as we t- sort of saw, he wasn't moving very well. He basically said, you know, that he clubs basically said that Hawkins said he'd be all right for five ten minutes to come on and, and head it, but but not be able to run. And that's a risk to do. But then I guess the question on the back of that is, all right. Well, if he's not available, who do you think your next strongest earliest centre half is in line it's John Joe O'Toole and again he doesn't get a look in even when you know we we make changes it's not O'Toole who comes on it's Clark who goes to centre half
1: yeah and I just thought it a bit strange I mean I was I was saying as Nick you know why didn't he play Orkis? but obviously we found out later on but I mean why why risk him Is a very influential player that we need. We need that sort of player and we need him to be fit. So why not drop Gale on the bench? Or like you said, you know, bring O'Toole on if need be. But Gale wasn't even on the bench. I don't know whether he's injured or, you know, whether, you know, for whatever reason he wasn't on the uh, bench. But, I mean, he's he's done reasonably well when he's come on. So get let a chance.
0: Yeah, we're going to delve into some of your comments uh, in just a minute. Keep them coming in. Have your say on your team. Get them in the comments now. uh, Nick, I think another point on on that is uh, there seems to be more and more frustration growing towards Clough and his team selection and uh, who he's not giving chances to. Because I think Alan makes a a, a great point there. If Hawkins is, you know, struggling, you've got younger players who are desperate to come in and make their mark. And James Gale sort of uh, ticks that box. And you do sort of wonder... Why those opportunities aren't coming, and why he insists in again going with square pegs, round holes? Because it's not like we didn't have strikers; because we brought two on. Shame they both went to wing back. <laughs> yeah, we we it seemed like it was the
2: perfect opportunity for you going to bring those two on to put them as wingers with Swan in the middle and just rearrange the midfield. And you've got a reasonably mobile four-three-three going on there um, that would have countered their width a little bit. And initially, I thought that was what they were going to do, and then I reminded myself that that's probably not going to. Uh, you know, that, that that's not what we're going to, um, we're not going to do. Uh, it just seems, to I just thought somebody like Jason Law on that, in that centre, they played Boateng the first half as that left-sided centre mid and he was desperate to cut in to the middle. Uh, and then they had Clark on the right-hand side who did exactly the same. He wanted to cut into the in, into the middle as well. I just thought somebody who maybe, even the likes of Stephen Quinn, who's used to playing a little bit wide, although he's certainly not had his best season, but if you're going to try and play a diamond, you need someone in the middle who's willing to at least, run outside a little bit to, to help the fullbacks. And I thought they were exposed quite heavily. Um, every opportunity they had, it was two on one against our fullbacks on both sides. Uh, and that was probably after minute five, you could see that was happening. And it, it just seems like we have the players to fit the formations you want to play. But it, it seems to be down to personalities rather than ability or positional sense that they end up being selected, which is a strange one.
0: Yeah, very strange one considering the time of season as well. We'll delve a little bit more into that uh, in a while. Let's uh, address some of the comments that are flooding in. Uh, Matt says, Perch's legs looked to have gone the second yellow last week. That goal on Tuesday. Kevin says, we need a bigger squad in Jan and stop putting square pegs in round holes. Uh, Daniel asks, where's Clive? Normally, he's coy with voicing his uh, opinions. uh, But as of late, we're on the same hymn sheet. Clive, unavailable for selection tonight. Uh, And also, Alan Isney is serving a uh, one-podcast ban for abusing the admin, isn't he, in the group chat?
1: Yeah. <laughs> we won't go into that, Craig. People don't need to know about that.
0: No, if he's not happy. If you abuse me in the group chat, that's what happens. I'll kick you off. You know, there are plenty of people who are more than capable of coming in and doing a superb job like Nick, who, you know, is just begging for a seat. Basically, Nick is the Jason Law of this podcast this season. <laughs> he's got all the talent, all the abilities, just not getting the opportunities. And when he gets, when he gets them, he's shining. So... You're right with that comparison, Nick. Yeah,
2: I, I absolutely. I, I'm happy to be I, I sat on the bench just waiting, waiting if you want me, or not <laughs> even on the bench in the stand.
0: The virtual bench, we'll call it the virtual bench. Um, Daniel adds, I personally think Clough has let our club down. We struggled at the beginning of last season due to injuries, and we haven't learned our lesson. I actually think, Alan, it's a fair point. It is, and also I, I did notice
1: one thing, and uh, the son-in-law noticed it as well on Saturday. Uh, sorry, on Tuesday night. That whenever uh, Elliot Hewitt's playing on the left, it comes out with the ball, and with him being right-footed, you know, he's got to go either inside or he turns around and passes the ball back. That's he's not getting, he's not managing to get forward. And I think you know why not give Jason Law a chance. His left He's got a nice left foot on him. He's played in that
0: position before. Give the lad a chance. Yeah, we, we have to look at that balance because, again, on Tuesday, Nick, we had no natural left-sided balance until Stephen Quinn came on. And it was, it was very, very frustrating. Like Alan says, every time we wanted to attack through Hewitt, who I think, in my opinion, is our best attacking defender at the minute, especially one down that right-hand side, but because he's on the left, defenders know he's going to turn back inside. He's got no option. And straight yeah. away, him doing that yeah. loses us three, four seconds and they're back in, especially the quicker teams.
2: Yeah. And we, I'm not the biggest fan of Kieran Wallace and I don't think he's one of our best players, but he played left back a couple of games ago at home and, and I know he, he hooked him off at half time, but I thought he, he did absolutely fine. He's strong enough in, in the game. air. He, you know, he's not slow uh, and he's left footed. Mm. And for me, he's filled in at left back before and could have done. Jason Law would have been a shout. He's, you know, he's played left back before, more of a wing back, granted, but it's it, it is the square pegs again, isn't it? It's the fact that he, you know, Hewitt has been playing brilliant as a right sided centre half or a right back, and we forced him again into a position where he's it's not natural in. And and like Alan said, he had to cut on his right foot numerous times. And your full back knows exactly what you're going to do, so they they defended
0: it. And I it was do quite wh- simple. I do wonder, Alan, if we should have perhaps gone for more of a a 4-3-3 with, like Nick says, and a lot of people don't rate Kieran Wallace. I actually do. I think I'm in that camp that sees the potential that he's got. Clough dragged him off after 45 last time because, you know, he was blowing a little bit and he's not got the pace in there for 90. Could have probably got through 60. I'd have put him at left back, Quinn on the left side of a midfield three, and then Bowery on the left-hand side of a forward three, and then that can drop into a condensed five across the midfield and sort of uh, block it off a little bit just to give us that little bit of balance, because we don't necessarily have to have, when we're in a back four, the right back and the left back pushing up the pitch, do we, Alan? They're there to sit and defend. Let the midfielders do that, especially when you've got the players like Boateng and Hartigan, who are itching to go and get forward and Maris at every given opportunity. And I think it's just,
1: uh, it's like, uh, how can I put it? It's like the part of the game when, you know, when they go a goal up, you know, things do sometimes have to change, because if it doesn't change, you know, we're gonna lose at least one nil. And I thought with him putting Harbottle on the right side, he looked quite satisfied with that, you know, because mm. that's the place he's used to playing. Yeah. But it's like you said, I think we just need to sort the maca because the balance is way off you know there's no balance when Macca can't play and i know sometimes you can't get the player in you know for whatever reason in the transfer window they may have tried before they may have tried for a left back but we need to sort it out you know sooner rather than later because these things are going to keep happening i think or it looks like they are because we have the swindon we had the bradford i wouldn't say i think they were the better team than us on the night but yeah. on the whole, I don't think any of them are any better than what we are when we know we can play. Uh, when we do play, how we can play, but teams aren't
0: letting us do that, and they're working us out. It's almost at the minute, Nick. Like we're on a seaside resort, we're in the arcade, and we're putting ten p's in the two p machine. We, it's the wrong size coin, and we're not getting any return from it.
2: <laughs> it, it, it I know there's an old adage: to get your best players on the pitch, but when they when they're not in the right position, it's it's dead. Tr- we, we've seen Aikens get slaughtered but because he was playing in a completely wrong position. Yeah. You had the same with Bowery. He's been, you know, people have, have moaned at him, inf- but he's playing fullback when he joined us as a sort of striker-stroke winger. Um, you've got Boateng who's playing some sort of left midfield role. Um, you had Hewitt who was a right-back, played centre-back and then now left-back. It just, it just seems like he needs to just take a step back and assess the right players in the right positions at the right time and and it's the forcing of the players into these positions i think that's just causing us the issues they're they they do not look like week in week out they know what where they're supposed to be because mm. they're so used to playing in either other positions or i suppose when we've done well as a club you could normally name the 11 pretty much the week before yeah. um and good sides you normally can but on this one it seems like you if you had a sweepstake every week i don't think you'd ever get it right Whereas, I, you know, we've been criticised under it, but under Evans and, and Flitcroft, et cetera, we seem to play the same team near enough if everyone was fit every week. Now, bar injuries, they they just seem to get moved around and you couldn't guess. So if we can't guess who's playing, I assume the players are exactly the same.
0: It must be so frustrating to be a, a player, Alan, because you might have an inkling that you're playing. But like, for example, Jordan Bowery, he, he wants to play up front. He wants to, to score goals. Lucas Aikens will be desperate to try and make his mark and try and contribute with, with goals or assists by playing in a, in a forward role. But every time their name's in the 11, it's almost like the the heads are already, already half the way down because they know they're just going to be playing out wide and in positions that they're not there. Jordan Barry's and is an out-and-out out number nine. And like we said earlier, if he'd have been brought on in a more attacking position on uh, Tuesday night, I think it would have basically counteracted what Bradford were offering.
1: I'm going to say, I, th- I think you're right there, 100% right. But uh, like in, uh, like Nick said, you know, with Barry playing out of position and Aikins, you know, it it is a bit awkward for them because they come on, they want to be in the team, whatever. So they will do as they are told. You know, if he's he said, go right back, you go right back or whatever because they want to be in the team. Because when the other lads come back, you know, they might not get that chance. And I think they're having to do, you know, squared pegs in round holes, whatever you want to call it, until such times, as you know, we get, I don't know, reasonable people back from injury. But, you know, un- understanding about the JJ, I don't know, he hasn't had his best season because I don't think he's had a run in the side.
0: Yeah, and that's what he needs. And uh, again, yeah. like we said numerous times, it's also about the positioning as well. I think had he come on on uh, Tuesday night and slotted into a back four, I think everyone would have been like, yeah, that's the O-Tool we know, that's the old tool we look because he's comfortable with that Position, um, Nick. I want to get your opinions on on Daniel's comment. We mentioned it earlier about sort of Clough potentially letting us down, um, sort of struggling since last season and things like that. I'll pop the comment um, uh, back on screen for for us now, so you can uh, see that. What's your views on uh, what Daniel's had to say there?
2: It's a tough one because I, I do really like Clough, and I think he's, he's, I think I think his name protects him a little bit um, from some criticism. But you know, I certainly wouldn't recommend we, we we be getting rid of him or even think about that at the minute. Um but yeah, I, I think we um I think he's just making too many changes um to the side and I think that's the issue um is that we're making too many changes. Um and and we're not he's not considerate. he seems to just consider that, that quite stubborn it seems in the approach of picking players and really i think that's the that's the issue we've had it same with substitutions it just seems very other teams are fall behind hartlepool would be an example they would they were all over the place hartlepool and they, they made changes and the game changed i know we made a mistake but players come on and make a difference whereas our players come on and, and look a bit dejected they come on in random positions uh and i think that's my only criticism of Clough is the team selection the substitutions And you, you might argue well what else does the manager do mm. um but, he, you know, he obviously, the players, I assume, it seems like everyone seems to be a, still a, a cohesive unit. Um, but his substitutions and team selection have left a lot to be desired, I think, this season and
0: last season as well. Yeah, there are other questions, I think, about age, which we need to perhaps address at some point as well. And players being potentially past their peak and need it freshen up. But I think that's a discussion for another day. Uh, one point I do want to put to you, Alan, is usually at home you can feel something sort of brewing you can feel that spark you can feel that energy I have to say even when Bradford went down to to 10 men and when we got the goal back I didn't think it was coming even when 10 minutes on that board went up you know I think 30 minutes it would deserve because they were (laughs) ridiculous ridiculous. even if 30 minutes would have gone up I don't think I, I felt it and I've not felt like that at home for a very long time
1: no, I know what you mean. The The surge wasn't there, if yeah. you like. It the, was last like night
0: in my electric. That's where it what, <laughs> what happened.
1: Yeah, the surge, if that's the right word, it wasn't there. It didn't seem to be there. And, you know, the more, like you say, the more that they played, they didn't seem to be able to, uh, you know, put the ball in the net. Well, obviously they didn't. But the thing is, if they keep on going like that and teams are working us out, yeah. it's going to get worse and worse. So we need to... Nigel or whoever, Nigel, Andy, whoever, you know, Crosby, needs to sort something out. You know, which I'm sure they are doing because it's just happening on a far too regular basis. And we'll see what happens at Rochdale tomorrow. You know, i.e. the team and the play and the uh, the positions that they're playing in.
0: Keep your comments coming in. Have your say on your team. I'll get to some of them uh, as quickly as I can. Uh, There's been one staring me in the face for the last five minutes from Paul, who says 19 players in the squad. Clough says it's enough. Sorry to tell you, but it's not. Also, his tactics are a joke. Not one since the 15th of October. We need a decent centre-half. Percy's far too slow, and so is Quinn. Going to be another season in League Two. This team isn't good enough for promotion. Let's address the first part of that, Nick. 19 players in the squad Clough says it's enough paul doesn't think it is i have to uh, agree i think we're too light even with the injury even when you consider the injuries and players that are unavailable if everybody was fully fit i still think we're too light
2: yeah if you look at 19 players you had 11 plus seven that's that's actually that's most of your squad used up already we get one injury and it, it seems like it's a uh it's a real issue and the problem is some positions we have loads of cover like central midfield i still am adamant we signed a central midfielder too many in the summer and yeah. that should have been another another position um but yeah you look at left back and like alan said Mac is out for a game and we look lost um we lose reese oaks and we've lost um albeit swan has done really well but again he's not really a central striker to play on his own um so, yeah, it's just, it doesn't seem enough to me. I think we've had managers who've had too many, who've had like 29 at times, uh, yeah. no names in particular. Um, but we've, yeah, we've, there's got to be a middle ground somewhere where there are players that are willing to be a part of the squad and won't won't play every week, but are there to be called upon. Um, you look at other squads when you see that you used to see the programme, they always used to have a lot more than us. And, and that, that's the same this season. It seems like they've all got more options than we have.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's... It's a strange one, Clough will go, well, you know, if we had everybody back fit and everybody available, you know, we we would have like one or two too many. We might have in terms of numbers, if that was the case, but we haven't, Alan, in terms of depth. And I think that's the key issue. McLaughlin's missing. So now at the moment, we're having to play Barry left full back, left left wing back or Aikens left wing back or Elliot Hewitt at left back or Kieran Wallace at left back. Wallace, I think, is a good enough replacement um, but he, he seems to be third or fourth choice in, in that particular list when we can go and sign a free agent we did it last year with, with john joe O'Toole at pretty much the same time where we're talking now he'd probably been in the in the building you know two or three weeks and we're starting to make his his impact i think we need to look into delving into that that um free agent market even if it's on a deal till january just to get us through and provide us some natural left-sided cover you might say, <laughs> so for all we know, Craig, you might be doing that.
1: You know, that's something we're not a party to. But I agree with everything you're saying. You know, we do, we just need that balance correcting because if Macca doesn't play, it's, it looks totally different. And it's, you know, they say the old saying that uh, one player doesn't or one man doesn't make a team. Well, in, in this case, it does because it upsets the balance. And even when Oates is back, he's going to take. Unless, you know, a miracle happens and he's firing on all cylinders straight away, which I doubt very much, he's going to take four or five weeks and,
0: you know, five or six matches to get back to what he can do. And we've got two problems with that as well, Nick, in terms of results. You know, the injury that he's got, all it takes is a a canny scout or a canny analyst to go, right, he's had a shoulder injury. So what I want you to do every time that he jumps for a header, a little bit harder on him, a little bit harder, because he won't be playing at at, uh, 100% when he comes back. And then the other part of that is the Rhys that we know and love from last season, who, you know, is getting in behind, rounding goalkeepers, showing blistering pace, was playing in a formation which is completely different to what we're playing now. And honestly, I don't think he'll he'll, he'll suit what we've got at the minute.
2: No, I think the issue with Rhys is he, he's, he's one of those players that needs to be 100% or nothing because he... He relies on him danny rose was very similar if danny rose wasn't at full pelt running around jumping winning fouls and rolling all over the place and running people down i just think Oates is gonna up front on his own i think he he will need support and if he's played up front on his own and just left because at times on tuesday night we didn't have anyone in our half so if Oates was playing he would literally probably be the only man in their half for a lot of the game Mm -hmm. and that, that requires you to do a hell of a lot of running bouncing off people winning head i mean the amount of balls we played in the air for will swan it was never going to you know there's more likely of me winning them from the stand. it wasn't going to happen but we mm. kept pelting balls up and if Oates is playing up front on his own you know with that injury as well it's just he's going to take a lot of time and he's going to need some support i think up there i mean you know the obvious one for me would be somebody like hawkins up front with somebody like a swan and Oates to at least give them some target to aim at that's not him um, yeah but i can't see it i think he'll be just thrown up front on his own like he has been before
0: yeah, just be slotted in going, here you go, you've got your place back, go and yeah, go and do you what go. you need to do. And It's it's the wrong approach to take with him. I saw somebody asking potentially about when he's going to be back, probably December time-ish. Um, I would yeah. imagine uh, he may get a run out in the uh, EFL trophy if he's, if he's back for that. I know Jimmy Knowles has potentially been earmarked for that as well because he's sort of been uh, back in the fold. But whether or not he'll have any form of impact... I think he'll probably go down the same street as uh, James Gale and and Jason Law, which will be a name which is banded about by us in the stands and is not seen too much on on the team sheet, which is a crying shame. Plus, Jimmy Knowles' deal, I believe, is only till January as well. Uh, Keep your comments coming in. Kevin says, I would drop drop perch and start JJ. Yeah, I have to agree with that, to be honest. Uh, Daniel says, certain players that aren't getting game time due to square pegs in round holes seem to be getting frustrated and that can't be good. For the dressing room. I have to agree with that as well. Um, Kerry says the only person in the right position was Pim. Uh, Glenn says, feel sorry for Barry. He looks like he's not interested because he's not playing in the position that he's comfortable with. But that's just my opinion. He also uh, says the squad is not big enough. Uh, a few injuries and we're in trouble. Mark says no pace. Um, where else have we got to? Jamie says, shocking performance. Never known a first half like it. Things need to change. So... Um, uh, Kerry says, uh, I think Clough said he will try uh, Oates for an FA Cup match in November, which would be uh, Sheffield Wednesday. We'll talk a little bit more uh, about that as well. Uh, Daniel says, if, and it's a big if, we was to get rid of Clough, what would that option be? I don't see us getting rid of Clough and I, I don't mm. think it would be a wise move. Well, I think what we need to accept at the minute is the fact that, you know, people are t- saying that we are, better off points-wise at this point in the season than what we were last season. Well, that's because we had a blip before that. We haven't hit our blip yet. This is our blip. It's about how we get out of it. And Clough is the right person to to steer the ship forward. It's an ongoing plan. It's not a quick fix. I just think we just need to get that win back at home, don't we? And just sort of have a little bit more certainty within the fan base, Nick.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree. I think that you don't really want to be making a change. I don't think at the minute. I think Clough, unfortunately, is one of those that you give him four to five years, and he will get you promoted. It's just how painful it is to get there. Mm. Um, but I, I just think it's so visible at home the frustration, isn't it? Away from home, I know that there was a couple of poor games, but you know, one of the fans will be on us at Doncaster, and hopefully, again, again tomorrow, we've and Barrow. The two trips to Barrow, we, we, we've done relatively okay. It's just the home would be nice to just restart again and start there start the win. We couldn't have picked two worse teams because Swindon worked us out very, very quickly and it looked like um Bradford had just watched the Swindon game, if I'm honest. Yeah. You know, their scout we probably did their scouting for them. If they'd have watched the Swindon game, they'd have known exactly what to do. And and they did. So I certainly don't think we should be swapping clough, but he just needs to take on board a little bit. And whether he's getting the right advice from his coaches, I, I don't know. I know Seamus obviously left. I don't know the circumstances around that, but it does seem that, that he just needs somebody to have a word in his ear going, look, we, we, we can't keep doing these formational and player changes. We just need to stick with a formation, go with it, and, and build a team around that fits that. And I think that's
0: that's just where he's going wrong. I don't think there's anything more major than that. Uh, ben says one thing is certain our defence, especially Perch, looked like they were game watching yards off. Doesn't take much to work out what we need to do to keep Cook out of the game. We just didn't deliver yet. Yeah, it was one of those where I think uh, a bad night all around on, on that point. And um, I want to touch a little bit upon the age of, of the squad. You know, there are certain players now who are perhaps are, are reaching the peak. I don't know whether it, it's something which we can can be addressed quickly or anything like that. I just think we've we've got to find the right balance. And I think. One thing we've sort of hinted at quite heavily, Alan, is the fact that we have got too many midfielders. And I'm going to throw a curveball suggestion out there um, and sit and see what, uh, what comes back. And that is, I know we get frustrated with square pegs in round holes and we don't like square pegs in round holes. But twice, Ollie Clark has gone to centre-half and twice he has played absolutely immaculately back there. And if we're struggling for options, we're struggling for leadership, we're struggling for a little bit of pace at the back, Why not knock the you know take the 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 fall on that one and go right, Ollie? You're going to go centre half. You're going to play in there. We're going to develop you in there, and then that will free up some more space in the midfield for people not getting in each other's way and just allow a little bit more balance. Because for me, Alan, if you're going to ask me who our best centre half is at the minute, it's Ollie Clarke.
1: I'm going to say, is I'd, uh, from what I've seen of him You know, obviously at Tuesday night He played really well You know, he was he was bringing the ball out comfortable He was quite confident on the ball Which he is anyway And he's, he's got a good strong tackle on him You know, and he can bring the ball out But the thing is, with Ali Clark You know, if worse comes to the worst You know, he is liable for a yellow or a red card That would be my only concern But there again, I suppose you can say the same for Hawkins You know He's done that in the past, although he's got a lot better, just lately.
0: Nick, what's your thoughts on that? Ollie Clark from centre, from uh, from the edge of a cliff with Nathan Edge to central midfield and back in the fold to centre-half. <laughs> uh, I,
2: I, yeah, I, I, I must admit, he, he's played reasonably well. But then again, to be fair, Bowery had a decent half playing centre-half at some point. I think everyone's played centre-back at some point this season. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Aikens has. I don't think he has yet, but I suppose his size may be the only thing um, potentially. But I suppose he may not be as small as he looks from the side of the pitch. But maybe size an issue. But again, you know, you don't have to be six foot five. Uh, sometimes the taller you are, the, you know, the, the the less mobile you become. So he just needs to stick with what he wants as his best pairing and stick with it because. Confidence and um, developing relationships at the back, I think, is really important. It's fundamental. I think you do, very rarely do you get promoted playing ten different centre back pairings. Um, you know, you look back to the last time we got promoted out of the football league when we're talking about Les Robinson and, and, and Barrett and Reddington. It was those three, but it was just those three. It wasn't that you know, all of a sudden play random strikers at centre back. He just needs to pick two or at least three, however he, whatever formation he plays, and, and just try and stick with it.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, Alan, I think one thing we are missing a little bit is identity at the moment. We've 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 hit a, a, a rut. There's no hiding away from that. And I think anyone that does try and, and do that, I think he's probably kidding themselves. We've got to ride it out like we did last season. But I just feel in general, even when we've been winning games sometimes, that like we are lacking a little bit of identity from, uh, from where we were last season. There's a reason we got to where we were. There's a, also a reason why we didn't get promoted. But I think the balance in between is that identity and that character within the squad. We need something to happen, we need something to click. but what is it?
1: Well, that's the magic that's the uh, magic six million dollar question, isn't it? But I mean, take it take probably four week ago when we were all on about in, the, in your HQ studio, we we're all on about Triple H and how well they were doing. And, you know, things were going swimmingly, we were winning, we've hit a bit of a bad patch, we've had a couple of injuries, people have, you know, dropped, in, a, dipped a little bit in form, and it just takes things like that to knock us on the head a little bit, so, you know, keep positive, keep confident, and I, I'm sure he'll pull it round, but like I say, Nigel Clough is definitely the man for the job.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's all about just uh, keeping that belief because it is. when you look at things as well, Nick, yeah, all right, we've, we've lost a couple of games at home. We've had a tremendous run. It had to happen sometime. We've just got to bite our lips and, and get on with it. We, you know, we, we're getting the results away from home. And as long as we can keep, you know, consistent and, and stop the losing run at home, I think that's the next important thing, isn't, isn't it? It's just about hitting that reset button and, and starting again like we had to do last season.
2: Yeah, I, we certainly haven't got a bad side and we're certainly in a good position. I mean, it's... It, would have won any of those two games, I think if we'd have beaten Bradford, we'd have been three points above them or, or yeah. certainly level on points. Um, so, yeah, it, we're not in a bad position. I think it's just the two last games have just been so in-your-face bad at home. And I think everyone yeah. sees it at home, don't they? You can be as bad as you like away yeah. and the majority of people won't see it. Um, it's just so in-your-face bad, I think, for the for the Swindon game and then for the first half at Bradford. I think that was the problem that, there's been a few issues. I mean, w- earlier games where we drew nil nil with Newport, that was a bit dire. Uh, and I suppose you had the Crawley and Sutton games, but it, it seems like we're hit and miss, aren't we? We're either brilliant or we're not very good at all, and it's just finding a bit of middle ground consistency, I think. But yeah, we've, he's got to turn it around. We've got to, we've got a w- win at home, and and that's the, the next one, obviously tomorrow away. But we we need to just start winning at home and getting a settled team.
1: I'm going d- to say if you turn it's on it, sorry, interrupt, Craig. If you turn it on its head and we were winning all the matches at home, you know, won the last two, and we, won the, we didn't win the, the other two away, you know, we'd still be having this conversation because the home run would be going, we'd still be there, you know, we'd still be firing on all cylinders at home. You know, it's just unfortunate that it's like brought it to a head because we have lost at home and we've played, you know, rather poor and people have worked us out
0: that's the thing I think it's it's the magnifying element of it you know yeah. we've got an epic home crowd now Nick where we, you know we're filling up the stadium every, and there was only seven odd thousand there on, on Tuesday night uh, people have invested at us at home the more people that are there and seeing us play poorly the more easily the frustration goes and you know to coin a phrase from what we used on the podcast a couple of seasons ago we cannot allow toxicity the bells there somewhere uh, to creep in to our home support we have to keep that tight and I think you know we've we've got to acknowledge that is our key factor, keeping that noise going, keeping believing, and getting it back to, to where it was, getting it back to the reason why people brought those season tickets in the first place.
2: Yeah, I think it's uh, that that is a big point, isn't it? It's just just at home, you have to you have to go for it, and you have to try and attack. And I think the last few games, you look at the Newport game and Hartlepool, and a few others. We. I mean, the hardcore one we didn't play particularly bad, but the last three we've just been we, we haven't looked like scoring. And like you said earlier, with the ten minutes of added on time, it could have been yeah. hundred and we wouldn't have scored. I think the home crowd would accept a five-two defeat if you absolutely go for it and concede five and score two. If we'd have gone for it against Bradford and and lost, it would have been different. But we went for it for probably about ten minutes after they got their red card, and then we just started yeah. giving the ball away again. If if we'd have gone for it from minute one and put gone four-three-three, put wingers up and attacked, I don't think the crowd would turn. I don't think we're in a, a quick to, a crowd to turn. We just like to see attacking football, and I think that's what we need to uh, get back to, is trying to attack teams rather than sitting back and uh, how we have done the last couple of games, we've just been picked off.
0: Yeah, that's the key for our crowd at home this season. Come out of the traps flying, and no matter the result, I think everyone goes home relatively happy. Come out yeah. of the traps sluggish, and everyone goes home annoyed. And I think that's uh, something which perhaps Nigel Clough needs to remember. Well, we are running vastly out of time because, of course, the power cut last night means that we're now less than 24 hours away from a trip to Rochdale, which means that we must turn our attention quickly to podcast predictions. Um, and Let's have a look at that. So Nathan in the group chat has said 2-1 win, 22 minutes for the uh, the golden goal. Alan, yours was a... Mine's um, 2-0 win, 19th minute.
1: Nick, hand over to you.
2: I'm gonna go very pessimistically for a two-one defeat and a goal in the 12th minute. Ooh. It's only gonna say that because I'm going. That's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> if oh am well. going? I'd probably say a win. <laughs> right. When was the last away game you went to? Don Doncaster. I think it was Don. Yeah, it was Doncaster. Yeah. So that, only, that- honestly, that was a positive experience. And to be fair, oh. we have lost the ones I haven't been to, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. To be fair, I, I don't. You know, not normally when I go, we do t- tend to play well away from him. Oldham and a few others last season, Northampton. But yeah, it's. Uh, I, I can. I can just. I'm going to go against the grain on that one. I think.
0: Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, to be fair, it was Doncaster where it sort of started to kick into life. So maybe you're going to end it, and then it's going to flip back to the home that's form. It. So so exactly. maybe that's. I, I sort of get it. It's that sort of. Uh, passy. It's that sort of. Uh, Whatever the word is, I've gone out of my mind. Uh, My prediction, I'm also um, going to go pessimistic. Pessimistic Craig is back. I'm going to go for a 2 0 defeat. uh, And I'm going to go for the first goal in the uh, 32nd. Minute um mostly because I don't think we're gonna have any strikers. Not a nice picture of Will Swan that was doing the, the round, sat in uh what looked to be A E the other night after the uh, after the game and research was not available. Jordan Bowery likely to play in goal, Lucas Aiken's likely to uh be playing right back and you know that just means that we left with someone like I don't know, who do we fancy up front? Riley Harbottle up front, anyone? Well, mind you it's well, he he came a, up he for a bit. yeah, exactly.
2: That's amazing that we're saying we haven't got a striker You've got Aikens, Bowery, Hawkins, Gale, and you just know that none of them are going to be anywhere near (laughs) the opposition's penalty box.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Let's have a quick look at the um, uh, Mansfield Matters podcast prediction league table. This is after the Barrow result on... uh on Saturday. Uh, forgot what day it was then uh, because I can't find the latest one. So here we go. This is after Barrow. So Alan, you were still top of the league on 24 points. In our little Mansfield Matters group as well, you were also top. I was second on 20. Cam was bottom on 13 points. Uh, Nick, let's have a look where you are. You've got three points. I always points. forget. That's
2: my problem. I always forget. Yeah,
0: Three points so far this season. Um, so you're not doing too bad uh, because there are people on worse. Um, top sort of few people. Uh Alan is top as we say. David Chetlife in second. Adam Crump in third. Kathy Holmes in fourth. Me in fifth. Steve Naden in sixth. Uh Ben is in seventh. Uh JS is in eighth, Nathan is in ninth, and Clive is in tenth. Uh, But that may have changed after the Bradford game. So make sure you get your predictions in using the link in the description. That is the only way that you can get involved with podcast predictions. Any podcast predictions that are made in the chat will not count. You have to use the link in the description for it to count, and you must do it no later than one hour. And one minute before kick-off. There are still a handful of seats left on the coach to uh, Rochdale tomorrow. So if you want to get yourself a last-minute seat, there tickets available still, I believe, on the day as well. The number to call is going to be read out by Mr. Alan Wilson. Oh seven nine six seven six eight nine five nine seven. There we go. And we can't uh, end this podcast without Nick giving us another final little look at his latest shirt collection. You've now moved into the business of not just buying, but you've also moved into the seller's market, Nick, haven't you, as well? Oh. Well, I ended up with a couple of Jupiter. I don't sell the match ones. I never sell the match ones. So I had a couple of
2: replicas. Uh, But the one I sold was that one. And the reason I sold it is because I ended up with... um, this one which was worn when the stags got promoted against rochdale a fan ran onto the pitch and um got this one so you can see the patches on it somewhere uh and this was worn on the day um i believe it's worn by wayne Fairclough, but it was usually worn by steve charles but it was worn by wayne Fairclough. he wore 11 for one game that season and i believe a fan ran on the pitch and took it off him so i've managed to purchase that (laughs) and swap the replica one for a match worn one which is what that is Mm -hmm. so i'm really pleased with that one actually that's uh that's uh, that's a nice one. I, I had the Logan Poppy one that I put on today. Very poignant which, today, which, yeah. Which is very poignant today, but it also shows the standard stag sticking a league patch over an FA Cup patch to save a little <laughs> bit of cash, which I which I like. And then obviously you've got the Andy Cut one. I also got a Paul Connor one in there as well. That I bought a long sleeve one, which is a, a bit of a random one as well. So uh, yeah, that was the big purchase of the month. It was the only purchase of the month actually. Uh, but I was blessed, you all well, right? That's why I sold the other one? <laughs> <laughs> you okay? Uh, everyone's doing it at the minute. Everyone's doing it.
0: I, normally, it was like was this. A is what you've started. Now there's like every, everyone, everyone's you've five come on six this pod- people for one. You've come on this podcast. We've given you like local exposure. I was going to say national exposure, but I'm not that arrogant. <laughs> uh, and you know, you've, you've 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 now started this trend so much so, and we've got to address it that people have started stealing some of your pictures and posting them on Facebook to try and fob it off as I had their to own. A why Facebook you've account. now you've created a Facebook account? Yeah, I
2: was forced to. I was forced under duress to create a Facebook account. Uh, but to be fair, I like it. I like because it's random. I mean, I weirdly had a chat with Neil McKenzie who was talking about you, really, Craig, oh, today. Was um, he? Yes, because I was trying to get shirts off him. But in the last one, he gave away to a certain Mansfield Matters headquarters wall. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I've the, got... The that, it's there. That
0: one that's, yeah, no. That's oh, is that not, that not match, one? That's not match one. That is my first Mansfield shirt.
2: Has he given you one, though? He was under the impression yes. he's giving you... I oh, yeah he yeah, had. Quite,
0: yeah. But I don't know. Ah, that's the one you've lost. Sure, I've not lost. <laughs> <laughs> right. I hope Macca's
2: not watching this.
0: Macca, you know. I promise I
2: won't tell him. I know, I where, it player, I I know it. where it is. I do know where it is. We'll I, keep I, quiet. Hand on,
0: hand on heart, I know. I, I hand on heart, I definitely know where it is. Um, and you know, I'm moving house soon. Touch wood so that everything goes swimmingly. Um, so I will be in a desperate hunt to locate it, and then it will be the first shirt. That I get on the uh, the wall, but yeah, the only match worn one—that's a lie. I've got two match worn shirts. Uh, I've got the Mickey Bolden one behind me, and then we we randomly sponsored Nicky O'Jose. Jose. That's his match worn black away shirt on the, the wall as well. But yeah, I, I have Chris got a... one somewhere. Oh, that was that one. Yeah. I think I've seen yeah. that one before. I've got a feeling yeah.
2: I've seen that one before. Um, I do but... have
0: a Neil McKenzie match worn shirt. Yeah,
2: yes, you do. Somewhere. And what
0: what I am desperate for is obviously. On that one it was in the conference years and i think he had something like 33 because we had about 90 players in the squad so it was 33 the squad That's number the he had want. i want now i've got that one That's i want one the four, i want the 14 one because that was the first yeah well,
2: I'm, I'm hopefully closer to one of the uh I, I was talking to somebody at work today um and he said oh yeah my uh my daughter-in-law's best mates with the stag's player i went all right who is was it she went oh it's reese oaks i can get him on the phone i was like oh my." So uh, I'm working on, that's the next one I'm working on, but I, I don't know how, uh, how, how much that's going to turn up.
0: Well, we'll wait and see. We will, I'm sure we'll get an update from you later on in the uh, in the podcast series. Let's be honest, it probably will be next week because everyone seems to be getting rid of us at the moment. And, you know, I think once you've got fa- past five appearances, Alan, I think he becomes a regular anyway, doesn't he? I'm waiting for the mug. <laughs> I, I'm waiting for the mug. I'm going tomorrow. If you want to bring the mug with you, Craig, I'm going. Do you know, do you know what? I will, I will. I will do, in fact... Like,
1: talk amongst yourself You've got to dig one out. <laughs> Yo, you're going to get them mugged tomorrow nick i will yeah and well, I'll, I'll have to carry that it's round all game. it's going to, to fetch it I, I think, think it might be boxed as well oh wow that's even better i mean that you know you don't get much better than that do you no expense spared at Mansell <laughs> matters
2: <laughs> it is oh, it's in a box lot. there
0: you go and to make well, sure I'll this is that. not one of the broken ones.
2: Yeah, I don't want a broken one.
0: No, don't no, no, want with not. a handle on. No, it's all it's all good and fine, working. Also, f- this this is well, your this is yours tomorrow. Oh, oh, excellent. I'll, meet you. That. I'll, I'll find I'll, you. I will see you at some point in the game, and I will hand Hopefully over afterwards. So I'm got to carry it. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, before so I don't have to carry it. So That's going to bring us luck tomorrow. Now
1: that is yeah, half-time, Yeah, we'll
0: the, do, do the, a, the lucky s- mug. Yeah. yeah, lucky halftime mug. There you go, uh, Nick. Thanks as ever for joining us. Of course, no you are now you. on Facebook as well. Uh, where can people find you on there? Um, Mansfield
2: Town shirts everywhere, I think. Uh, apart from Twitter, which is MTFC shirts, but I'm, 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 I'm there.
0: Well, you know, now on Twitter you can play, you can pay for a verified tick. So you know,
2: uh, get...
0: no, but I'm, I can't justify a little tick. Well, uh, just. Just ask Elon Musk which shirt he wants, and he, you know, he'll give you yeah. a tick for it. Always negotiations to be done, Nick. Always <laughs> negotiations to be done. Oh, there we go. All right, Alan, look after yourself. I will see you uh, next week as we yep. uh, talk about whatever it is we've got to talk about. We've not got a game in midweek, have we? This week, don't worry. Next, not one, as far as I know. No, it's the draw tonight for the uh, for the pizza trophy. Yes. Is that tonight? Ten o'clock, isn't it? I thought that was last night, but it's, it's, no. it's That was the carabao, dry. wasn't it last yeah. night? Yeah. There um, we go. Just a quick one, Craig. You know how you said it
1: was going to be Bolton, Everton under twenty ones, or whoever else. Let me look. Somebody else put on their uh, podcast, not podcast on their war whatever. They they were three different teams that they'd got, not to the ones that you'd got. So I'm not saying you're wrong because you're usually spot on with these things. But I was just wondering why you know they were different. Is there a possibility it could have been you know different teams? I'm hoping for Everton under
0: twenty-one. Yeah, I'm just having a little look at see if I can find the uh, well, it's down the to the news last thirty-two now. now, isn't it? I it believe is, so. Yeah. I, believe yeah. I, f- I believe I found the news article. So what I'll do, Restream has got some new features. So let's see if this works. Um, let's try that one. Let's try that one, and hopefully you'll be able to see. Can you see that on the screen? Can. Yeah. Is Round of three new numbers. Yeah. There we go. Right. So uh, this is the article on the screen. So uh, group winners will be drawn at home against a runner-up from another group. In order to achieve this, each draw is split into two sections, as detailed below. Now, this is why I believe that we are will only play Bolton, Port Vale, or Salford, or Everton yeah. under twenty ones. Because if you look in draw B you've got Grimsby there who won our group. So surely yeah. we can't play Grimsby again. I'm sure that basically is what the no. word means. No, so, yeah,
2: it's got to be one of those It's Is before, it, yeah,
0: it still North
1: versus uh, it's North, you know, the yeah, the north bits and the south bits separate.
0: Yeah, right yeah. up until the, the the northern final, which is essentially the semi oh, right. of the, the competition. So it it okay. stays regional. Um, so yeah, because yeah, that's what the word means. Um, at home against a runner up from another group. So yeah, that means that we yeah, will it has only to be play. That one, doesn't it? Yeah, so it would be Bolton, Port Vale, or Salford away. Uh, and then I believe, and I could be wrong on this, if we draw Everton under 21s because they're an under twenty one side we would then become the home team. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I'd take any of them. Um, I probably would like to avoid Port Vale for obvious reasons. but We'll get um, Salford away, won't we? We know we will. That'll be the draw. That's what Clive said. If any, I'd like Bolton because that's the only only ground out of all of them that I've not been to. So, uh, yeah. Bolton will do. So there you go. Uh, Right, that was a nice little added extra to the Mansfield Matters podcast. Keep your eye out on uh, all the social media channels for who we will face. And no doubt we will talk about it and moan about it next week when inevitably we get drawn against Barrow and everyone goes, how on earth did that rule come around? (laughs) It's the footballing gods for you. It's the footballing gods. Nick, Alan, thanks as always for getting involved. We will see you you next time on the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Thank God the electric stayed on. Well, that's all we've got time for on this week's Mansfield Matters Podcast. Thanks, as always, for getting involved. And, of course, my thanks, extended thanks goes to the Mansfield Matters Podcast panel for joining us tonight. Alan Wilson and Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts fame. He's now on Facebook, so make sure you go and give him a follow. Do you know what? I think he's actually nearly been on this podcast, this series, more times than actual regular member can. Maybe we're going to have to do some general transfer business. Who knows? Who knows? As always, don't forget to get involved with podcast predictions. The link that you need is in the description. You must do it no later than one hour and one minute before kick on Saturday afternoon as the Stags head for Rochdale. We'll be back sometime next week. Make sure you stay tuned to our social media to find out when. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield matters, even when you're having a blip. Goodbye.